Welcome aboard on this Tuesday. We've got great conversation. We always say that because we believe it, but sometimes it's like anything you do. You're really proud of a project you've worked on or something you accomplish, but you know sometimes it's a little better. When it's Chris Pronger, it's hard to beat in terms of the conversation. Always cerebral yet funny. And I can't believe this guy isn't on a national hockey show, whether it's TSN in Canada or TNT or NHL Network, any of those. He is He's just interesting all the time. Chris Pronger, who, of course, is now selling his whiskey, the Canadian Whiskey Journey. He likes to talk about that, but he's also a Blues Hall of Famer. Saw him at the recent induction, talking about him being traded away from St. Louis with the Eric Brewer deal, but also when he was first traded here. That was sort of an ugly time for him. That's almost 30 years ago when he was traded for Brendan Shanahan. Fans are booing him. Had to live through that. Because when Cairo had the booing the one night, and I know it was tough on the kid, I thought he needs to talk to Pronger about getting booed every night. And then after a 10-year run when he's highly successful, wins a Hart Trophy, the only other defenseman to do that in like a 50-year period was Bobby Orr. That's it. Chris Pronger, Bobby Orr. NHL defenseman who became MVP. So he has that great run. Then he gets traded away for Eric Brewer because Bill Laurie is trying to sell the team. We've had Mark Sauer on the show or on the podcast at some point, and he said, Bill Laurie and the the bean counters said, strip it down. We're going to sell it, which I've never understood. If you're buying a sports franchise, most of these guys coming in or women coming in are loaded, and they just want to buy a team. Are they really studying the books the way people buy small businesses or they acquire other companies? I just think that's a misnomer. You want, you also want star players, don't you? If you're a rich person and you want to buy a professional team, don't you want some star power? Yeah, I just bought the uh, worst team in the NHL. Yeah, they have the least amount of points of anybody. Yeah, they have a nameless, faceless roster. I just, I always thought that was a misread. Uh, and I know Mark Sauer explains it, that it was Laurie's bean counters that kind of decided it, but I just think that was a mistake. That's 20 years ago. Pronger got traded away. Eric Brewer came in, and they made it even worse for him because they put the C note on him. They made Eric Brewer the captain. It didn't fit his personality, and it was even worse because it just made the comparisons more harsh. Oh, you're supposed to be – you're the new Pronger? Oh, okay. Good luck with that. So we'll talk hockey with Chris Talk about uh, anything you want, including our tweet that said, ask Chris about being the dirtiest player, one of the dirtiest players. We'll get his answer to that question. Blues play tonight. It's the Columbus Blue Jackets in town trying for a sixth straight win. Blues are now in playoff position, and that's really what you wanted to hear, just fighting for a playoff spot, and now they are, and a chance to win six in a row before the All-Star break. I would say the players are more than happy to go on an all-star break, it's about a 10-day period between games. It's a nice long stretch, and I'm sure most of them are going to some exotic locale. And so I'm sure they're happy about it, but it's not the best time. I mean, the team's red hot, and now you're about to hit a break. Also, Blues-related, hockey-related, Craig Berube, I think Darren Pang kept putting it out there on this show and I think it's just a token appearance, but who knows? Maybe it'll develop into more. Craig Berube is going to be on the TNT coverage on Wednesday night. If you haven't seen Chief in a while, you'll see him Wednesday night uh, sitting at the desk, part of the TNT 
uh, NHL coverage. We've got Billikens playing at Loyola. Brendan Weeson now talk a little more about SLU. Ben Hockman, Post-Dispatch, wrote the article today, the column, that it's time for Travis Ford to go. I think the discussion has been ongoing in terms of media around town, but I think that's the first one that has said he's got to go. That's the first time it's been written, and I guarantee Travis is aware of that. I mean, he already was. And what really bums me out about the game tonight, it's the Loyola-Billiken game, and I've wanted that to be a good rivalry. It's Chicago, it's St. Louis, and I a lot of the A-10 stuff just doesn't resonate. The Billikens play UMass. Oh, okay. Billikens have Rhode Island coming to town. Other than Dave Murray, who went to Rhode Island, I don't know how many local people cared. But I really think this Loyola Billiken thing could get up and running. And then I checked the standings. Loyola is actually pretty good, and we know that Slew's buried at the bottom. They're one and six. So we'll talk some basketball a little bit later in the show. Richard Chaffetz, Doctor Chaffetz, he's going to be there tonight. He lives in Chicago. He'll be at the game. And now every time he announces he's going to a game, fans sort of freak out, like, "Uh oh, it's do or die." But I don't think it's I don't think it's that simple. Obviously, he's a passionate. Billiken fan. He's a big-time booster. But because he's in the building, it doesn't mean, oh, tonight Travis gets fired. Oh, he's in trouble. I don't think it's it's that clear-cut. So we've got basketball, blues, and Chris Pronger coming your way on this particular show. Wednesday, by the way, we're going to go down under and talk basketball with Justin Tatum. We talked to him in the summer. He took this job coaching professional basketball in the Australian League, and I thought, you know, we got to catch up with him now that their season's going so that'll be on the Wednesday program. If you're thinking about going to Australia, great place to go. Talk to the folks at Altair Travel. I guarantee somebody on their staff has been to Australia, has packaged those trips before, and knows where to go, what to do. Wherever it is you're planning on going, international or domestic, Altair Travel can take care of you. What a great team they have. 50-plus travel specialists for all your travel needs, business or pleasure, family-related, honeymoon, destination wedding they have the absolute expertise to get your trip to the level you want it to be you don't want to get online and make a mistake and say oh it looked cool i don't know when i was clicking clicking on the keyboard it sure looked like a great place then we flew all the way around the globe and got here and oh my god it's a dump that's your biggest nightmare you can avoid that with altair travel and cruises altairtravel.com or call them up at 314-968-9600 9689600 for all your travel needs. And on the line with us is the Hockey Hall of Famer, the Blues legend and whiskey uh maker. I'm trying to get this right here. Chris Pronger is with us. <laughs> Connoisseur, guru, uh provider. This all goes back to me being a aficionado. Schnooks. Aficionado. Yeah, I should you let you fill keep in. Going. Keep going. Yeah. I was at Schnooks at 7.45 in the morning. I sent Pronger a text of the great display they have at the DePere Schnooks of Journey Canadian Whiskey. And it was pretty impressive. And then he writes back, did you buy any? And I thought, well, it was a little early in the morning. I thought people would talk. So then I went back over the weekend, and I did get some, and it's outstanding. Everybody loves the Canadian Whiskey Journey. Uh, How's it going? It's almost been a year since the launch, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're coming up on nine months, I think. Yeah, so we're uh, we're doing well. We're you know, it's like anything else, it takes time. It takes uh, a lot of patience and perseverance to break into this space, especially. Lots of uh, options out there for people, but uh, we're making headway. 
Isn't it hard just to get on a shelf somewhere? Like I, I bet Pronger, the hockey bully, has to use some of those tactics to get on the, <laughs> the Schnooks shelves. <laughs> uh, it is uh, not easy, you know, and I think that speaks to the quality of our product. Is that uh, we were able to get valuable shelf space and able to get into all the the uh, the stores and liquor stores, grocery stores, etc. Schnooks, Deerberg's, Total Wine, Randall's. Wine and cheese place, uh, you name it, we're there. And when it came we're out, cheap, it, Wally's, yeah, it's very reasonable. I mean, I keep going. It was like well, twenty two ninety nine, uh, very reasonably priced for a, a great product. But I'm wondering when it came out, you know, when a filmmaker releases their film, they're worried about the critics. Like, oh, I hope they like it. How about for you? You put your name on it. Were you a little tentative about how it'd be received? You know what? Uh, not really. Uh, I think. Having been a, uh, you know, as my brother and I like to say, we've, we've done a lot of R&D over the years, 35 plus years of research and development. Please don't do the math on that. And Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. 14 maybe? <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Do you have enough fingers and toes okay. for that? You might have been a teenager. Oh, it's Canada. It doesn't count up there. You can do whatever yeah, you want exactly. in Canada. Exactly. So, you know, I think we knew what we liked and, and we thought we knew what the consumer would like. Uh, there were a number of things that we didn't like about what was on the market, and that's what we tried to uh, improve on amongst a whole host of other things. We don't use any uh, additives, no preservatives, no coloring. It's a very pure product. And, uh, um, you know, we're, uh, we're excited about the, the feedback that we've gotten. Uh, a lot of great testimonials will be going up on the website soon. So it's, it's, it's been uh, a lot of fun hearing from people and, uh, kind of getting a feel for what their palate is like, what their flavor profile, what they like, what they don't like, and, and certainly, you know, everybody has their own favorites out there, and we hope to be a part of it. And for those finding out for the first time, yeah, Chris Pronger, his brother Sean, teaming up for this whiskey, Canadian whiskey, which is Journey. It's J-R-N-Y. It's really an attractive bottle, I believe, at the DePair location. These are autographed bottles to boot, so there's a bonus there. Uh, there were a few there, yeah. And then I think it had, I'm not a connoisseur, I'm a consumer. I guess I don't have the uh, the palate, the proper palate, but I feel like it's got a little bit of a bite there, which also seems to be a pronger trait. <laughs> there is a little spice to it. Let's, yeah. just leave, let's call it spice. There's a, 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 little, uh, a little part of the flavor profile that uh, lends itself to a little bit of spice. Uh, there's a little little sweetness there too, uh, but uh, no, it, it touches all the right uh, notes in your mouth and uh, very smooth, as you know, going down. So uh, we're very excited. The journey has been uh, a lot of fun. Took uh, a while to get to market, but now that we're there, we're we're excited to continue to uh, roll it out and uh, you know find a tasting near you. We're uh, we're rolling them out uh, as we go here. And fun to do a project with your brother, Sean, who played in the league. And if I read correctly, you were going to play college hockey with him initially, right? That was the plan? Yeah. There, yes, that was – well, I don't know if it was going to be with him. Uh, they were recruiting me fairly hard and using that as a draw. Um, they were on my short list. You know, he played at Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio. I had a number of visits, One of uh, a few of which were – I was going to go check out Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, I had already been to Bowling Green. I didn't need to waste one of my five. Uh, Maine was an option. Denver was another option. And then North Dakota. Those were the five trips. 
if you uh, can imagine, I had already set up my five recruiting trips. And then over the course of the summer, I got drafted into the Ontario Hockey League, a major junior in Canada. And they talked me into just coming to camp. Back then, you could only go for 48 hours. So drove to camp, allegedly on my way through and back to go play junior B for another year before I went to play college. And uh, lo and behold, they talked me into staying. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was just the right fit. They uh, <laughs> they they gave me the hard sell and it worked. And so you went to Peterborough. I think are you going back there this week? Some kind of get together? I am going back there on Thursday. We've got uh, actually a bottle signing at uh, an LCBO there, which is the uh, uh, Ontario government's liquor store. And then uh, going to be dropping the puck at big rivalry game against the Oshawa Generals. That was our arch rival. So uh, I wanted to show a little love and nice. go drop the opening face off and maybe. Uh, poke somebody in the back of the knees again and see what happens. <laughs> Just like old times. <laughs> now, I should I should know this. In junior, do you get paid to play junior hockey, or do they just put you up with a family? Uh, well, according to the NCAA, now it really doesn't matter. But back right. then, according to the NCAA, getting paid thirty nine dollars a week is considered being a professional. So, if you think that's a problem, then have at it. Allegedly, the NCAA did. That's why uh, once you chose to go play major junior, you could not go play in the NCAA uh, hockey league. But whatever. Has it has it has it changed? Has it changed at all? Because so they basically back then, if you say, "Hey, I'm going to be a junior," they considered you going pro. Correct. Correct. You could not. You could. You could go play NCAA. So I had a lot of buddies that went to play NCAA and then left to go play junior. Uh, but you cannot or could not start in major junior and then go play in, in the NCAA. So would because that... you were considered a pro because you're you're playing against players that have been signed NHL contracts, or you're considered playing in a pro league because there are technically pro hockey players because they're signed to an NHL contract. A lot of legal mumbo jumbo that really shouldn't have mattered, but that's why they get paid, I guess. To, the waters of what we're all trying to do. I would say it all worked out for Chris Pronger, Hall of Famer. Saw him at the recent Blues Thank Hall. You, Martin. <laughs> I'm, I'm out on a li- I'm out on a limb there. <laughs> it all worked out, and I know it worked out because I saw him at the MAC lobby at the Hall of Fame night wearing his blue blazer, and it really is an impressive collection of talent. And I think it was Red Berenson who said that if you you know go back in time, if everybody was at their peak age, he said this Blues alumni list could do some damage it's it's quite a group yeah it was it was great to be a part of uh that evening uh it was great to have pavel dimitris family there maya and lucas and and his daughter uh it was i hadn't seen them in man like not even probably 12 or 13 years it was uh you know tragic event that saw him and a number of other nhl players lose their lives over in russia and um you know, you, you, your heart goes out to him. But it was great that the Blues were able to honor his memory and and go into the Hall of Fame with his buddy and linemate Keith Kachuk and uh, and Michael Yu. To funny enough, you never really hear about his stats and kind of his time here in St. Louis. It kind of gets watered down by some of the other, you know, older, bigger name players. But uh, having all the goaltender records still is pretty impressive. 
and uh, just speaks to his tenure here in St. Louis, and I think a few of them are about to be surpassed by his client, Jordan Biddington, but um, you know, it was great to hear him talk about his time here and, and obviously the, the teams that he played on. And I talked to him about it. I said, I think his Blues legacy, what you're referencing there, for those you know who don't quite remember it, had he stayed longer, he would have been even more of a Blues legend. And he said, I know, because it's a bummer because they were having financial issues, the team was sort of on the, the ropes, and they had to make some deals. And so I'm thinking that sounds very familiar. We lose great, <laughs> we lose these great players because the ownership is struggling a bit. When you got traded away, we're talking about 20 years ago now, I probably would have guessed that you wouldn't have moved back. I mean, you weren't bitter when you got traded, but you probably weren't excited either. Yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. There, there may be a book in the offing at some point. Mm. Who knows? But eh, you never know. But uh, uh, it was, uh, I mean, let's call it bittersweet, I guess. I, I, I knew they had been shopping me that whole year. And then obviously the lockout and, you know, my contract was up. They wanted to wait till there was a new deal. You know, it was a long protracted lockout with uh, – a lot of uh, back and forth between owners and players and management players, etc. So uh, was not keen on uh, how things played out, but uh, as we all know, things play out for a reason. And um, you know, I got shipped off to Edmonton and uh, had a great year there, and then went on to Anaheim where I won a cup, and then off to Philly. So uh, things happened, but um, you know, it was it was bittersweet. My wife's from here. Uh, played ten years here, and then you move on, and you're, uh, you know, you're doing the best you can. But uh, uh, this is a great place to live, a great place to raise families, and I, I think you you know that you know that by the number of alumni that moved back here uh, after having finished their careers, and you know it's just a, it's a great place to to live, and people are great, incredibly friendly, and and welcoming, and and it's a great to be a part of the community. And I think when you talk to guys around the league, they're envious of. Uh, what we have here in here in St. Louis. It's sort of funny the circle there because you get traded here. It's not your fault, and people are mad at you. Eric Brewer gets traded. <laughs> Eric Brewer gets traded here for you, and then they're mad at and they're mad at him. I mean, like he kind of lived your life to some degree after the trade. Did you ever talk to Brewer? Have you ever visited over the years about being involved in that deal with each other? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I knew I knew Eric from. Uh, the Olympic team in uh, in '02, and um, you know, same agent and and things of that nature, and you know, we talked about it a little bit a couple times in passing, and he's always saying, "Oh, thanks." I'm like, "Well, get over it. You're not nearly as bad as mine was, so <laughs> you'll be all right." <laughs> that you know, there's another theme with Blues Hall of Famers, and this is this was my angle the other night when I wasn't asking Red Berenson about Jim Harbaugh which slowed down my pronger access, I believe. I think you took 30 yeah. or 60 seconds out of our interview because I made you wait. It was a good angle. It's interesting. Red Berenson knows yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Yes, and then he went on a 25-minute rant. <laughs> <laughs> Prong's like, let's go here. i got to push some journey whiskey on some folks. Let's go. Let's go, I believe is yeah, what you may always, have said. always be selling, right? Uh, but how many Blues legends, yourself, and then Brett Hull, and then even Kachuk, I mean, all these players were traded here. You know what I mean? It's like Bernie yeah. Bernie Federico is a blue through and through, but and maybe that's just the game, but it's amazing how many of these great players 
came here, even more recently, Shen, O'Reilly, is that just the league? Is it less and less likely somebody is, you know, born and bred, you know, drafted and groomed? Yeah, I, I would say in, in today's environment, very, very, very rare uh, to be able to play for one organization. I, you know, and even, and by the way, even back in the day, and we'll call the day the 80s and the 90s, there there was not a lot of players that stayed in one organization for its entirety or for their entire career. And, you know, you you look at some of the names and in the different sports, you're like, oh, that, you know, like I was just listening to Ray Lewis talk about when he got drafted by the Ravens and then he started his career and he was playing, he's like, I knew this is my town. I'm, I'm playing my whole career here. And, and sometimes, you know, you got to know when to hang them up because they're going to ship you somewhere else. Uh, or the team goes in a different direction. You know, there's all kinds of different things that can happen. But, uh, you know, a lot of things need to go right for somebody to be able to play their whole career in one, one organization in one town. And, uh, you know, I think uh, as salary cap and as the finances of the leagues have come into, you know, become bigger and bigger, you, you just see you have to be, you know, it's a business and you have to figure out when you got to cut ties with the player, you know, depending upon what their ask is, depending upon, I mean, you know, look at Alex Petrangelo. Who would have thought that he would have been, wouldn't finish his career as a blue? And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You know, it's an unfortunate byproduct of the game and, and of the sport. It's, it's, it's a business and, and that's the, that's the tough side of, uh, you know, how, how it's got to work and how it's got to operate. There's so many different uh, ways things can play out that, uh, you know, you just never know. Are you an NFL fan? You mentioned a podcast with Ray Lewis or wherever he was talking. Do you follow the game? Uh, a little bit. I'm not. I mean, I'm not that. You don't have a fantasy I, you know, team? Like I watched. No, I used to, <laughs> and I, I don't really have the time anymore. And I, I watched. Like, I watch a two game. You know, I'll watch a playoff games. I'll watch probably watch a Super Bowl a little bit, but. I'm not living and dying by every play, and I'm not, you know, so it's just, it's fun to watch and fun to see, you know, and see teams have success and players have success, but uh, not a diehard in any sense. Will the NFL Hall of Famer Dan Durdorf write the forward to your book, or will that be strict? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I guess I will need to have him write the forward. That is an excellent choice. So it may be happening, or did I just plant a really good seed, or am I just a little late? You to the- planted, you planted a really good seed. You see, yes. you're not only did you figure out the forward, but you're a very forward thinker that you came up with that. Look at that. Uh, let's ask Chris Pronger a little bit about the current state of the league, and the Blues will do that next. Love talking to Chris Pronger, and we'll do more of it after this quick break. want to tell you about AAA Home Services, not just your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer, but the place right now to get that new furnace, get that new unit. It'll be in time for the winter, of course, but next summer you'll have a brand new unit. And right now the best rebates going all year, so you're going to save money on a top quality unit, which is American Standard. Plus, you're getting it from the great people at AAA Home Services. Been around St. Louis now for 54 years. So they are well established. You know about American Standard. You roll it all in and get the great rebate. It's the time to do it. You can check out more online at aaastl.com, aaaastl.com, or call 636 397 
3,200. AAA Home Services, so it's a great time to buy or repair whatever it is in your home that needs a repair. Appliances, electrical, plumbing, all of it in one stop. AAA Home Services. When we say AAA is on the way, that is good news indeed. Check out those rebates online at aaastl.com. Chris Pronger, the Blues Hall of Famer with us. And Chris, the Blues have been on a, a hot streak of late. How tough is it for a team to kind of re-identify who they are? Like this team, they get the coach fired and we're all, I mean, I said online, I don't think this team's that good and now here they are winning. And I, I, I've said this, if they make the playoffs or maybe they win around, and if Braden Shen looks at me and said, hey, you said we were no good or weren't good enough, I would look him in the face and say, that's correct. Instead of all these teams like the Chiefs, <laughs> the, the Kansas City Chiefs will say, nobody believed in us. I'm like, yeah, they did. You have Patrick Mahomes. Everybody believes in you. But how, how is this team able to kind of rewrite the script somewhat within the season? Yeah, I think sometimes when you when the coach gets fired, um, and I guess you could argue that it was um, caught people off guard maybe a little bit, uh, it, it can go one of two ways. It takes a while for the team to adjust to the new coach, the way, you know, they're going to be usually completely opposite to, to the former coach. And the systems can change a little bit and the way they operate. So sometimes it's a, a boost and, and you come out guns a blazing and you, you start winning hockey games. Or you're trying to feel your way through and, and understand what your new, maybe new roles and responsibilities are, how he wants to play, how he wants you to play. Uh, maybe lines change, things of that nature, combinations. So, um, you know, I just think they're kind of coming into their own. I think they're realizing that it's the coach, you know, and a lot of times the coach gets fired. You now have to take it upon yourself. Okay, there's nobody left to be fired but us, <laughs> us being traded. So let's uh, let's all come together. Let's, let's leave it all out in the ice. And, and I think you're seeing them buy in, and I think you're seeing them uh, – Play with more urgency, more determination, and uh, you know I was talking to one of the owners the other night, and, and it was great that it was the night of the, the night after the Hall of Fame induction of Pavel, Mike, and and Walt, and uh, you know it was one of the most complete games he's seen the team play, and it was great for them to be able to play that style and that type of game to honor the guys that were going up on into the Blues Hall of Fame. I think all players get compared. To other players, you probably dealt with this during your career. But like when Colton Pareko came along, we're like, "Wow, he's a big, tall guy. He's big." And like, if he could just be a little meaner, I don't know, maybe Pronger could take him to lunch and talk to him about being mean. And like, that doesn't work that way. Uh, and then you yeah. look at the career. Like Jay Bowmeister was not a overly physical defenseman, but he was outstanding at what he did. And now you look at these advanced metrics, and Pareko's having a really good year. Do you think we just sort of were trying to make him, in our own minds, into something he wasn't? And if you watch the game closely. He's actually now playing at a high level. Yeah, it's funny. When I was coming in the league, I was going to be the next Larry Robinson. And, you know, on, there's always people who need to kind of describe you as a former player. And, um, you know, you, you look at the, as you said, you look at the, the size, you look at, you know, the ability and, and things of that nature. Um, I think people need to realize that everybody is their own man. Everybody plays the game the way they play. Uh, it's extremely hard play a certain way it's it's born into them you know he's he's a great kid he's uh you know he's he's a, a very good hockey player you know and i think people have to lay off him in that sense like know what you got and then 
allow him to play to his strengths. Don't put him in positions where he need, he's playing outside of his comfort zone. You know, and I think that that also can help with a new coach too. They come in with a, a blank slate and and are either whether it's comparing himself to somebody or expecting something more or less from somebody. Uh, they're able to look at him and go, okay, when they're watching video of a player or they're watching games and they're like seeing when a player has success and seeing when a player struggles, they're able to identify when a player is having success and try to then repeatedly put them into those positions where they can continue to have success, gain confidence, and then that confidence kind of breeds into other parts of the game. So when you got labeled the next Larry Robinson kid from Canada, that's that's sort of tough. <laughs> now, again, it all worked out for you. Didn't Alexander Daigle, he was the first pick, didn't he say nobody remembers who's picked second and yet you were the second pick? Wasn't that a famous quote? That is a very famous quote. <laughs> he, I, and it just, it's been resurrected once again because he, I think, made a movie about himself. Oh. What would what so would he that, be making a movie you know, about? What would uh, basically, he didn't amount to what he thought he was going to amount to, or something like that. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> no, no. I think he, you know, he. I think once he retired, I think he was working in Hollywood as a writer or something, and um, he may have actually maybe wrote this script. I don't know. I was. I just saw a trailer for it the other day. So I don't know who, uh, who or what uh, has how this has come about, but. I do know that uh, uh, his movie is out, and uh, uh, that quote is a big part of uh, of the modus operandi of the movie. And you, you know, French kid didn't speak a lot of English, and you know, was thrust into the media with no training and what have you. And I guess, uh, I guess his phrase or his quote didn't didn't end very well. <laughs> Well, it, he is, uh, in his defense, it sounds like he's owning it a little bit. Like Ryan Leaf does all this stuff now about how he did kind of yeah. flame out and, and in a certain way has has owned it. Are the French kids, are they a little sassy, Chris? Are they a little more the French Canadians? Um, yeah, they, well, they were. You know, I think there, there's a, a big section of them from northern Quebec and Quebec City that don't speak English. Like legit, I played with a few of them uh, over the years in junior and whatnot that uh, did not. And actually, uh, one of your old favorites, Ian LaPerriere, was one of them. Oh, he Lappy, Lappy. When I first played with him on the under-18 Canada team, he spoke very limited English. And now, I mean, that's all he does is talk. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, no, there's there's a couple sections in in Quebec where they don't speak English, and so man, I don't know. It's part of their culture. They just do everything. You know, they're bought into France and French, and and they um, they don't learn English in school. It, it's just you know for whatever everything is done in French. Which, uh, so so when they do go play junior and and, uh, and and then obviously you know go to America and play. Uh, they need to speak English, and, and sometimes it can be a uh, just you know it's like having Russian, Finn, Swedes, whoever come over to to North America to play. You know, sometimes there's a transition period. All right, I would never answer a question for Chris Pronger, but when I tweeted you'd be on, I said any question. Somebody said, "What does he think about being on several lists as one of the dirtiest players in the history of the NHL?" And I wanted to answer and say, "He's good with it. He's fine with it." <laughs> 
Are you aware of this? Are there are there lists like this that exist? I'll have to look them up. Allegedly. Um, you know what? That's that's their interpretation. I don't I don't really uh, worry about it too much. That's that was uh I wasn't out there trying to make friends, so I I'm happy that I'm not on the top best friends list. And then, so, the, and, uh, the, and then you, win. but you became NHL. Well, you weren't the director of player safety, were you, or just on the panel? I was on the. Uh, I was a. I was a director. I wasn't the executive director. I was not the head. So you I was on the panel, so to speak. Yes. Okay. Did anybody call that ironic? Uh, there were quite a few <laughs> members of the media calling it ironic. Okay, not those you who played the game. Them, no, I would never. I know better. Get get sliced with the uh, the verbal slicing, but I think you were suspended eight times. I'm going to guess all eight were misunderstandings. Uh, yes, allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah, there were a couple uh, accidents. Uh, there were a couple unfortunate mishaps. Uh, there were a couple that were um, accidentally on purpose. And then, then there was a couple mistakes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Those all kind of sound the same. Accidentally on purpose, couple mistakes. Uh, how, how are you not? I think every time we're on and we have you on and we love it, people love hearing from Pronger. How are you not doing any media? How are you not on a panel? Or, I mean, I know you probably have been on some shows here and there. And I know you're busy. You got the uh, journey, Canadian whiskey. It's around town. It's around the country. Very popular. Well-inspired travel. You're a busy guy. Uh is the, have you had media opportunities you've just passed on? Uh, I've had a few that uh, that I was talking to some people about, and it just it wasn't a fit at the time. I, they couldn't give me a firm understanding of the time commitment that they need needed, and so I had to pass on a couple things. But um, you know what? I just like helping you, Martin. I like making you look good. Thank you. Well, you are. You're doing a great job. And we had uh, we had your buddy. Uh, we, we, when Michigan was about to win the national championship, I said, who should we have on? I'm like, oh, my God. The obvious is Dan Deardorff, yeah. who's, who yeah. is one of the best guests ever. So funny, so interesting. And I'm like, wait a minute. He and Prong are like best friends. I'm like, they're not exactly the same age. So I asked the great Dan. We're not, you mean we're not the same vintage? No, you are not. And I... And I said, uh, I've seen Dan at you know Pronger event. I know you guys are buddies. And I thought, wait, how are they friends? And Dan has an answer for everything, and it's always gold. Whatever he says is interesting. And he said, you know, I said, how are you friends with Chris Pronger? And he said, I have no idea. And I was like, he didn't have an answer. Do you? Do you remember? You hold on, hold on. You're telling me he was speechless? He was. Is that it, what you're saying? It was momentarily, but he was speechless. Okay, there we, there <laughs> we go. It was momentarily. Okay. <laughs> he was <Okay>. speechless. <laughs> Did it go way back to your early... It goes, yeah, it goes uh, way back to... Uh, I think I met Dan in... Hmm, I know I met him at Deerdorf and Hearts like in like 95 or 96 when I first got here. And then, uh, and then I, I met him at a, again at a couple different charity events, you know, just briefly. And then I think we got together at, I think I went out and played in his golf tournament. And that's when we kind of really started uh, connecting. And uh, I would say late 90s, like 99, 
2000-ish ballpark. Okay. And I would think the verbal sparring could be intense because he, <laughs> he, can, he can lay it on people pretty good, and then you can do can. And you can do it just the same. So I would think I, I could – you two, there you go. There's the there's the podcast. There's the show. Not that Dan would be like, nah, I don't want to do it. Just call me at the house. He doesn't want to do it. But, again, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm an idea guy. Just throwing it out there. All right, for everybody listening, it's Journey, J-R-N-Y. That's the Canadian whiskey available all around St. Louis, liquor stores. Is there a website, too, where they can read more about it? www.thejourneythejrny.com. Thejourney.com. He did the www because I think I think at this point we figured it out. The World Wide Web. Web. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for educating us, Chris. Always so much fun to have you on the show. Enjoy, enjoy Peterborough. I don't know if people have said that before, but enjoy Peterborough. Oh yes, I am. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've been back to Peterborough. Who's the most famous uh, alum that from their juniors? Well, other than you, other than uh, you, I played there. Steve Eiserman played there. Ooh. Bob Ganey played there. Uh, Mike Keenan was a coach. Ooh. Roger Nielsen was a coach. Uh, Mike Ricci was uh, was a player there. Uh, let's see. Of most recent, Eric Stahl played there. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Uh, Jordan that... Stahl played there. I'm just trying to keep going back. Jamie Langenbrunner played there. Uh, he Jamie Langenbrunner, believe it or not, actually, when I moved, when I started playing in Hartford, he moved into my billet family's house. My he moved into my bedroom. Is that wow? Well, that <laughs> that should be in the book, the Pronger book. The world. The, That's right. When That's when's right. when's the book going to come? We're probably a year or two away. Uh, we're ways away. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I was just teasing you. Oh, okay. uh, Larry Murphy played there. Uh, there's, there's a lot. There's, there's, it's a, Are you on their Wikipedia track. page right now reading this? I think, I think, no, I think Bobby Pleger may have played there. Oh, wow. Because it used to be back in like the, you know, 50s, 60s, it used to be the farm team, one of the farm teams for uh, Montreal. So they they didn't have a draft. They had like a list and you, they put players in different cities. Well, now I know. You'll, I wanna, have to, you'll have to do some more research on that. I will. Martin. I know. I've, I've once again left a Chris Pronger <laughs> interview with a homework assignment. The Hall of Famer, yeah. not only the blue yeah. jacket wearing, blues, not the blue jackets, but wearing a blue jacket as a blues Hall of Famer, of course. He's enshrined in Toronto, the Pro Hockey Hall of Fame. Prongs, always a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for having me, Martin. Have fun. Take care. Enjoy the journey. I think the hockey networks are making a mistake, whether it's TNT or TSN or the NHL network, man. I would I would have Chris Pronger just once a week, just fly him up, have him sit in on hockey night in Canada or whatever shows they have, hockey related. He would be he just would be unbelievable. Always love talking to Chris Pronger on this show. Brendan Weesey and I next talk a little basketball. We'll close things out. Also want to tell you about Illinois Recovery Center, a place that's located in Swansea, Illinois where they're helping folks deal with addiction. So whether it's drugs or alcohol, they have a program that will help you get your life back. Talking residential as well as outpatient. Right now we have the opioid crisis all across our country. Feels hopeless, but there is hope. There's help. It's in Swansea, Illinois at Illinois Recovery Center. Professional staff, many of them with their own story of recovery. Safe, inclusive environment. Different types of programs, whether it's residential or outpatient. 
evidence-based treatment programs, group therapy, individual therapy, really trying to get to the root of the addiction. They do all of this at Illinois Recovery Center. Chance for yourself, family member, loved one, colleague, neighbor. If they need help, they can reach out and get their life back on track. Embrace sobriety. You can do it with this compassionate team. Awesome place that is Illinois Recovery Center. They went in, gutted all the buildings. It's all brand new. Great place to be. While going through a difficult time, we know that, but this is the place to do it. It's IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. Brendan Weesey, sports director at KTRS, is alongside. I don't know if you're with me or not, Brendan, but, man, just talking to Pronger, wouldn't you? Like, if there's an event at your neighborhood bar or school and they said, oh, tonight it's an interview with Chris Pronger or he's going to be on this show or at this event, like, I would go. I'm always, always entertained. He's sharp. He's funny. And as you mentioned before, it's it's a big surprise that any of these networks that don't have hockey uh, don't utilize him. And maybe not so much in the states. Certainly, a network like TSN up in up in Canada, man, they'd be they'd be wise to give him a, a, a long look because I think he brings a lot to the table, has a lot of knowledge, a lot of passion, and it's got to be a challenge to find that you know that perfect mix of, of personality and somebody that the that the camera just just it just resonates I think Pronger would be that guy also doesn't mail it in you know like is professional about when you call him he's not at the drive-through <laughs> he is this oh is God. our this is our personal Shots pet, fired well, this is our personal pet peeve because sometimes you have a guest on and, uh, occasion. and, and we kind of agree on the time <laughs> And yet you feel like, is this really the best time? And I know that's hard for the the, the audience, the listener, but we do try really hard to, right. to, to narrow down a time when they're available and they can we can have their 100% attention. I'm not taking a shot at Big Walt, but we have <laughs> Pronger who obviously takes it seriously and doesn't mail it in. Like if on the shows like Letterman, you would know a certain guest, oh, this guy's always great. Oh, he always comes on and has a funny story or, you know, just doesn't. Mailing He's in. the Norm Macdonald of uh, yeah, yeah. Norm Another Canadian, Dave. yeah. Another Canadian. Absolutely right. I had Norm on a radio show, and it was in this uh, building. It was KTRS. I think he was playing the funny boner, but they brought him out. Maybe it was noon the show, but it felt like maybe he just woke up. Yeah, <laughs> just woke up. <laughs> radio. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh man, we, this, we I, miss, I miss Norm. Oh, I know. We miss him. The OJ man. joke oh. at the at the SPs. And I really and I like making jokes that can kind of make the room uncomfortable. That was That's next level. That's, that's an all-time great. I think I'm pretty sure he was not invited back after that right. and I'm not sure he hosted another awards show after that, but the OJ joke uh at uh, the what would have been the 98 SPs was uh incredible. He's Charles Charles Woodson is here. Yeah, you got the Heisman. That's that's something they can never take away from you. Unless, of course, you kill your wife and a waiter, <laughs> and, and then, waiter. then then all bets are off. <laughs> all bets are like, off. oh, all bets are off. <laughs> Apparently, he got fired from SNL because Donald Don Olmeyer was friends with OJ, and he was the head of NBC, and he said, "Tell him no more OJ jokes," and he kept doing it anyway. Yep, which I respect even more. There was a. A, a special a Vice does a dark side of comedy, a little docu series, and they had one on an episode on Norm Macdonald. I I thought it was absolute trash because they 
they at the end of the show they made it seem like his legacy was about if you if you recall near the end of his life he defended Louis CK and a couple of other comedians that uh, you know whatever and 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 I think he probably regretted saying that but they made it seem like well that that dings his legacy I mean norm all he ever did was was tell the truth when he did his comedy and right. anything else. So to me to say that, oh, his his legacy's tainted. No, it's not. It's nowhere close. Like, guy's one of the funniest comedians uh, in our lifetime. And uh, golly, you, you just miss those comedians that just, hey, I'm going to go out there, let it rip. And uh, if you're offended, sorry, but it's they're jokes. <laughs> Laugh. I, I wish I could find the audio because another time he was with us over in the 590 days on the morning show, and he's sitting there with Tim McKernan, Jim Hayes, myself, and he's like, yeah, yeah, these morning shows. You go around the country, and uh, yeah, there's a uh, always one of the guys is uh, is named after an animal or something. <laughs> and we're like, and we're like, what? And he goes, you know, it's like uh, it's, it's it's Bob and the Bear, yeah. And you're like, or uh, uh, Tom and the the Tiger. And I think Tim or I said, oh well, we called Jim the cat and like we were laughing inside oh, because we're good. like oh my god he's no, he's about good. to like describe <laughs> us although i hope that we weren't that cliche but oh anyway we we could talk and maybe we'll just do a whole show talking about norm mcdonald i wrote on my notes i wanted to talk about gene hackman and i never got to that but one more note sports show with norm mcdonald he did it on comedy central for a year or two i think you can still find the episodes on youtube the fun the Norm Macdonald knew sports. It, oh, yeah. One of his vices was was gambling. Yes. And um, I don't know how much sports gambling he did, but he knew sports. That show was it, like his weekend update days on SNL. So, so funny. And it's not he wasn't a guy that was doing sports that didn't know anything about it. He knew sports. He knew the athletes. And it was hysterical. But I'm sure he offended somebody along right. the way. The show was canceled pretty <laughs> quick. But A-plus stuff if you're ever – uh, searching through YouTube, look up Norm McDonald's Sports Show. All right, I mentioned this at the outset. Benjamin Hockman wrote the column, Post-Dispatch, saying it's time for Ford to go. I think we're all sort of seeing this unfold. I feel like Chris May could even come out at some point, barring a ma- major turnaround. Do they win their next six? And you say, whoa, wow, they got lightning in a bottle. And you have to kind of, I guess, always have that caveat. But I think for Chris May, it's almost like, Travis, I have no choice here. This is just we've bottomed out so much. Right. It's so bad. Do you buy my premise? And I have no idea that they'll let him resign. If this continues, it's so ugly at the end and people are calling for his head left and right that the Billiken way might be. Now, they fired Jim Cruz, but they might be allowing him to kind of say, hey, listen, I, I'm going to resign. It's It's been a good run. I love it here. I'm sorry it didn't work out. I, I just see that coming. Let him go out with some dignity. I kind of see that as the slew way or out of this. But what if the buyout? And we've heard we hear rumors. What if that buyout a is a mammoth yeah. number? I mean, there there are some numbers being thrown around out there. Who knows exactly what it is? And and as you said, who knows how the rest of the season goes? And it's the same position Mizzou is in. We we talk all this doom and gloom, and rightfully so. I mean, they they've both been dreadful. But there is still like half the season left, right? And, and that's I what I have Slew's to... got eleven games, not including the A10 tournament. And and what if they? Or what if they're still terrible? And for some reason, they win the A10 tournament, and they won't. But what if? Right. I mean, wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't right. that be hilarious in a weird way if they did that? And I mean, let's just 
super, super devil's advocate here. They've just gotten Sincere Parker back within the last couple of weeks. Uh, the their big Georgetown transfer, Bradley Azawiro, has is again, a relatively a... new and playing well. What if they really start to come together? Here's the problem, though. They've got no Slu's got. It's funny saying this. Slu has no problem scoring points most of the time. Although, uh, don't look at some of like the VCU Davidson game, but they scored 73 in a loss to UMass over the weekend. It's the fact that their defense is just so bad. They've got guys that can score is what I should say, but they just don't defend well enough. That's where it's going to be. Can you can you radically change the defense? in a couple of weeks and get them to where they're at least a little more competitive because they're getting blown out in just about every game they play, with a few exceptions. Probably their best game they played was to the top team in the league, Dayton. They only lost by five points. But other than that, they're just it seems like they're getting run out of the gym every uh, every time they go out there, and it's tough. Here's what you do. You bring in Drew Bannister during this 10-day break and then see if he can the get The Bannister a, bump. See if there's a Bannister-Billiken bump. See if we can <laughs> arrange for that. Hey, what's, uh, what's coming up on the Big Sports Show? We've got Ben with me here live in just a couple of minutes and then Matt Baker joins me our season premiere for Soccer's Soccer back, in the Lou at uh, 8 o'clock. Well that happened quick. All right, Stick did. around. The Big Sports Show is next.